to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones. And we're transmitting live on 102.3 FM, Hollandale, Florida, truthfm.tv, as well as tweetcasting.tv and twave.tv. So we thank you all for tuning in to our network. Very excited about today's program. So we're going to be talking about heaven, the city of God, Revelation chapter 22. Our lines will be open. The local number is 305 992 9537 or 321 end time. We'd love for you to call in with your questions or your comments, or you can post there on tweetcasting.tv your questions or your comments for those that are you that are tuning in live via our network. And of course, before we continue today's first segment of our program, and ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. I pray, Lord, you'll speak through it, make it live for us, so that we may understand our hope for the future in you, living forever in heaven. We praise you, Lord, for this opportunity, and we just ask your blessing in the precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you're tuning to the Truth with Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista and Nathan Jones as we're looking at Revelation chapter 22, Heaven, the City of God. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth with Set You Free Ministry, as well as Calvary Chapel Broward. And, of course, you can find more information about those ministries right here on twave.tv. Also, we're still in need of prayer partners, and uh, for those of you that would like to be uh, participants in that, we'd love for you to get a hold of us and let us know that you would like to serve as one of our prayer partners to pray for the programs here, the guests, and everything else that goes with it. So we thank you for praying for us and for our programs. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to the first segment of our program. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am doing excellent. It's always great to hear your cheerful voice all the way from Texas. Yes, and you in Miami. I have every reason to believe that you should always be happy because <laughs> you were living in Miami. <laughs> it's true, it's true. We, we really are. We're very grateful. Even with the humidity, I will not complain this week, Nathan, okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, But it's great to have you on the program, Nathan. I'm very, very excited for all the wonderful things that God is doing with Lamb and Lion Ministry and yourself. And of course, Nathan, before we continue, we generally like to just share the, our contact information just in case someone is new to the program where they can know how to find out more resources and get a hold of you. Will you uh, briefly, Nate, be able to uh, share that with us? Certainly. Well, our ministry is Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ to everybody as possible as quickly as we can. And uh, you can check us out at our website at lamblion.com or christandprophecies.org. And there you'll find all sorts of our television programs like Christ and Prophecy, articles, you can sign up for your newsletter, we've got blogs, social networks you can join. You name it, we got it. We want to teach you all about God's prophetic word and get you excited about Jesus' soon return. Very excited. Nathan, can, thank you so much. And Nathan, you've, you've recently done a wonderful upgrade uh, to your website. Will the navigation and everything, st everything still remain the same? Yeah, we tried to keep navigation not only the same, but also better, and that people wouldn't have to drill down to look for things they can get it all from the main navigation there. So it was time to update our website. We had the website for about seven years, and uh, for that, for a website, you know, that's dinosaur old. <laughs> uh, but we've been busy with all these other projects. But um, my associate Stephen came on staff, and uh, that was freed up a lot of time. And we were able to build this brand new website that we hope is very mobile friendly for this. 50% of the people out there now are accessing their net through mobile devices, not right. laptops and desktops. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. That they can see it and utilize it the best they can. 
No, thank you so much, Nathan. And I really appreciate it because you're right. Everybody's on the move now, mobile devices, and it's great to have them uh, content for them to be available uh, right at their fingertips from wherever they are. So thank you for sharing that. Well, praise the Lord. Glad it can, the website can be a blessing to people. Absolutely. And also, Nathan, we did a little bit of an upgrade to ours. It's not as nice as yours, but people can now also <laughs> uh, grab most of their content from their mobile services. I'm always bragging about you guys because, honestly, you all do such a wonderful job there at LemonLime.com. Well, praise the Lord. I think it's great. I mean, you've got 96 episodes in the archives right there. I mean, that's a wealth of Bible information. Yes, thank you, Nathan. We're trying, man. Not that we're in competition with you, but we're trying to be like you. No. <laughs> oh, we're all cogs in a, a big wheel, right? That's right. I'm just joking. You and I will always have a lot of fun here teasing each other, right? And that's why um, I really enjoy what the Lord does through your ministry and us every week when we talk about uh, Bible prophecy and then also just what God is doing in our lives, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy it. Thanks for having me on every week, Nathan. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. And of course, Nathan, you and I have been making our way uh, through the book of Revelation, but actually highlighting God's mighty angel, the work behind the scenes that they are involved in. But Nathan, I'm a little saddened because we're in Revelation 22, man. We're almost coming to the end. This has been a fantastic series, looking at Revelation through the work that God has done through the angels. And that has just been fascinating. Yeah, it is sad at the end, but you know, brother... The best is saved for last. We are talking about heaven, the eternal That's state, everything that Christians are looking forward to. So, uh, like I said, we have saved the best for last. Absolutely. And we're very excited, Nathan, because we went through some chapters that were a little bit rough, uh, talking about just the really the judgment, uh, the devastation, and the last days. But now... We're entering into a new episode, and it's really more of encouraging what awaits those that put their trust in Jesus Christ. And of course, last week in Revelation chapter 21, maybe you can recap for us a few things, Nathan, as this mighty angel was showing uh, John this incredible vision in heaven, uh, the, the city, and we picked it up there in verse 9 last week of chapter 21. Will you be able to recap for us before we move into chapter 22, a little bit of what we talked about in 21? Well, we're finally at Jesus' victory. The millennial kingdom is done. Uh, Satan has been, and the false prophet, the Antichrist, they're all in the, in the lake of fire right now. And God is making all things new. Jesus himself is, is described as, as the Alpha and Omega, the beginning yeah. and the end. And he is there recreating to create a new heaven and a new earth. That new heaven is called the New Jerusalem. It's a super city that will dwell on the newly revived earth. And it will be the capital city of the universe. And there, mankind will then be reunited with God. We can walk and talk and have fellowship with God, just like Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. And there it describes the New Jerusalem in detail. The beauty of uh, the city and the people in it. It's incredible the way it's described. And that, brother, is going to be the home of all those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we're looking forward to it, Nathan. We believe we're going to be there very, very soon. So... Uh, that, that is awesome. And of course, um, you described to us also there in chapter 21 as we were closing, we talked about the wonderful uh, book, uh, the book of uh, life. And then of course, as we get into chapter 22, it's a little bit of a carryover from chapter 21. Would you, Nathan, be able to take us through there, chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, by reading those for us? Certainly, certainly. Again, yeah, you're right. It's a carryover, chapter 21 and 22 of Revelation are the most detailed chapters or sections of the Bible that we have about heaven. There's yeah. not much about the 
We've got tons on the millennial kingdom, but very little on the eternal state. So these two chapters give us a tremendous amount of detail about life in the eternal state. One of the examples is Revelation 22, like you said, 1 through 5. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their forehead. There shall be no night there, for they need no lamp nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Wow, this is an amazing passage. So Nathan, heaven is not going to be just this boring place that we sort of drift into, but it talks about there's trees here, it talks about eating, it talks about just a lot of wonderful things. Yeah, yeah. We've got one of the seven angels, who got the seven bowls, and he's showing John, he's giving John the tour of the New Jerusalem, which must have been so hard for John, who was in the exile on the island of Patmos, to yeah. see all this glory in the future, and then when it's all done, he's back in exile, living <laughs> in a hovel on an island again. You know? But at least it gave him hope for the future. So, yeah, yeah it's tremendous what he's explaining here, that the New Jerusalem, the, the capital city of the universe, heaven on earth, where God dwells out of his throne, where both he and his son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb, rule over the universe, and there's a where it describes a river of water of life. Now, it's interesting that this water provides us. We need water. We are like, what, 80% water as human beings? Yeah. And we need water to live. But this is the living water that Jesus talked about himself. This is the purity of life. And it's clear as crystal. In other words, it's totally pure. And it comes from the throne of God. And on each side is the tree of life, what we read about in Genesis. It's the tree of life that Adam and Eve ate from. It's in heaven, right? at the New Jerusalem. And it's there growing and it provides fruit, one a crop every month, and it provides healing for the nation. Isn't that amazing? And Nathan, I mean, we have some wonderful fruits here in Florida, some really nice things, of course, to eat. <laughs> but, man, this is heavenly food that we're talking about, just something amazing. And also, you talk to us about this river of pure water. You know, today we sell water, bottled water, supposedly boasting how clear it is. Right, Nathan? Mm, yeah. Yet in heaven, we see true, pure, uh, everything in its, in its original uh, form, like you mentioned, all the way back in the, in the time of Genesis, before the fall. So this is just a beautiful picture of a continuation of some incredible things that God has in store for us in the future. Yeah, we're not talking about water that tastes like a plastic bottle. We're talking <laughs> about the water of the tree of life. Now, the tree of life provided longevity for Adam and Eve. Adam yes. and Eve would have start aging, and had it not been they ate from the tree of life. And it's interesting that we find it's not the tree of life that gives life, but it's the water of life that fuels the tree, and that water of life comes the throne of God, in other words, God himself. Yeah. So God himself is the source of life. Without God, there is no life, and that's why yes. those who are sent to the lake of fire, they are cut off from life because they are separated from God, as they wanted. They want God to leave them alone to go away. God acquiesces. But the judgment of their sin is still upon them, as John 3.36 tells us, and they're sent to hell, where they are separated from life, and that is where their destruction is. So we need yeah. God. Humanity cannot exist without God. There is no life without the Father. Nathan, what, what a great point, and what a sad contrast. I mean, here we are talking about heaven. Everything is beautiful, all the wonderful things. 
that God has in store for, human, for humanity. And yet we see the contrast, the sad thing when people reject God. Really what awaits them, Revelation chapter 20, is the lake of fire, is hell, is eternal torment. And I don't understand anything why people don't turn to Christ now, but why they still can with all the beautiful things that God says that He has in store. He says in John 14, He goes to prepare this place for them. Right, Nathan? Well, that's so important. I think there's two reasons. One, they don't know because they haven't read their Bibles. They don't go yeah. to church. Christians aren't sharing the gospel with them, so there's an ignorance there. Absolutely. But two, it's that hardening of the human heart, the desire to want to rebel against God, so that in Romans 1 we know that men are without excuse. That we yes. they cannot stand for God and say, well, I didn't know. They, they might not have known, but they didn't draw towards that general revelation that God gives everybody that He does exist. That should make us want to learn more about Him. And so, they want their sin. And it's sad, man, when you think that. I think of your sin as like some rusty old penny, but heaven is like a trillion billion dollars. And yet we hold on to that rusty old penny with all our might, thinking that that has some value, and it doesn't. We need to give up our sins. We need to accept the bounty, the beauty, the life that is our eternal state in heaven and not hold on to our sins today because they're fleeting. We don't live very long. And when we die, there's a separation from God and like you said, the lake of fire. Wow. And Nathan, that's why our plea always every week, you and I, for people that are watching or listening, uh, even if these uh, rebroadcast, it is to come to the Lord now while there is still time. Because he has so many wonderful things. And that's part of why we do this program. is to encourage people, right, Nathan? So that they will see the beauty of heaven. Yeah, it's very important to uh, read Revelation 21, 22. I don't know about you. As a pastor, I'm sure you do uh, some funerals. And I know you've done yes. some recently. And, and when I go to witness to people uh, like that are in the hospital or at funerals, I bring up Revelation 21 and 22 all the time. Because that is the hope for those who are mourning the loss of somebody. And that is all our hope, because it's our life, it's our future. And if we're going to be there, if, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's your home. And it's so important to know about that, because that's, that's where we're going to be live forever. And it's amazing to read about. Oh, that is absolutely true, Nathan. And here, another thing that I noticed, verse 3, you read this for us, and there shall be no more curse. Isn't that awesome? Talk to us about that. Well, when Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed the snake or the serpent so that it would no longer walk, I guess it used to be able to walk at one point, right. that be, and that mankind would fear it, and certainly mankind would fear snakes. He cursed Eve, that childbearing would be painful, right. and I guess she never got to experience the childbirth that it wasn't painful, and as 50% of the population knows, it hurts a lot to have a baby, yeah. and uh, then they also cursed man, that, that everything that he would try to grow from the ground would be a constant battle against thorns and thistles and drought and plague and blight. And so life itself would be miserable. And that's what the curse is on this earth for our sins. And uh, the curse, though, will be partially lifted during Jesus' 1,000-year kingdom. It won't be totally lifted. It'll be partially lifted. And then when we get to the eternal state, it's gone. No more. Yes. Now, I don't know if there'll be childbirth because we'll be in our glorified bodies and our glorified bodies are given to marriage and therefore they won't have children. Right. So I don't think that will even be a state. But we'll be back to the paradise that was the Garden of Eden again. Where everything, you had to work the garden like Adam and Eve did, of course. But things grew and uh, you didn't have to worry about thistles and being right. stung by chiggers and, <laughs> and you, you, you name it, it. It was terrible. The animals hated us and we hate them. And 
They're always trying to kill us and they're scared of us. But that's not the case anymore. The, yeah. the lion lays down with the lamb. This is like lamb and lion ministries. And, and really, the reference in the Bible is the wolf lies down with the lamb. But you know what I mean. The, yeah. the dangerous animals and the and the, the good animals, they get along just fine. And we get along <laughs> fine. And, and everything's good. There's, there's life. You know, we're not dying anymore. Yeah. We're in our glorified bodies, which are uh, perfect and sinless. We don't have to worry about sinning anymore and rebelling against God. We, we always want to do the right thing then. And, uh, brother, when we get to verse 4, it says, We shall see his face, God himself. Yeah. We wow. live in a life where we're like, God, we never get to see God. Why is he so far from us? Well, it's our sin that makes him far from mm-hmm. us. But once we're purified, we have a body that can stand to look at the radiance of God and all his power. Brother, I'm looking forward to that, where we get to see God again. That is going to be amazing. I mean, we read in the Gospels when the disciples, you know, they talked with Jesus, they walked with Jesus, right, Nathan? And some of us feel like, man, I missed out on those times, right? But those that have placed their trust in Jesus Christ for all eternity, we're going to be able to hang with the Lord. Oh, yes. That is the amazing part. Now, of course, when we die and go to heaven now, we'll get to see Jesus. But I'm not yes. sure we get to be before the throne of God yet. I, I assume we will, but we know for sure in the eternal state, heaven and earth will be together. God and his people will be together. It's a total reunification back to the way it was meant to be at the Garden of Eden. You know, Nathan, I love that. And, and then verse 5 is so awesome. You know, 7-Eleven bowls are there open 24-7, right? They don't turn the <laughs> lights off. <laughs> But, yeah, there should be no light from the sun because <laughs> God gives them light. My kids thought they were kind of clever. They said, well, then what do they do on the other side of the earth? How does the light get over there? I said, well, they try to be clever, but, you know. <laughs> there'll still be sun. There'll still be stars. There'll still be moon. There'll be light on the other side of the earth, but it'll be a lesser light compared to the light of God. Now, think about that. The sun's bright. We can't even look at it. It'll burn our eyes out if we stare at it too long. Yeah. And yet, God is a greater light in the universe, in the, or in our solar system, than the sun. Isn't that amazing? Nathan, that is, uh, that, you know, we have the Hubble telescope, we have so much now, uh, Hopkins and some others, they're trying to find if there's life out there, but yet the Bible tells us here everything that there is to know, right? And uh, <laughs> I, that's why sometimes I say to these scientists, guys, how about just picking up the Bible and trusting what God has already wrote in his book? I just picked up from Sam, they have a tremendously large book called The Cosmos, and it shows you real, fantastically beautiful pictures of the different planets and the solar systems and the universe, just as much as the Hubble telescope from our little corner has been able to see. And brother, it goes on forever. Countless yes. star systems, countless galaxies, clusters of galaxies. Man. We're talking about billions and billions and billions of uncountable stars, which means even more planets. And it means God has created this incredible universe that's beyond our comprehension. And we have all of eternity yeah. to know God and know His creation. I am so excited about that. You know, Nathan, in a way, I'm also so excited that we're going to be able to function in our glorified bodies with our brains and our minds that will be able to function not at 10 or 5 or 20%, whatever the case might be. But, I mean, we'll be able to understand things and comprehend them and take in things like never before. That's going to be just amazing. It will. First Corinthians 15, verses 35 all the way to 53, explains the glorified body that we're going to get. And it's a perfect body. It's not imperishable. It's built in power. It's built in strength. It never gets sick. Yes. It's made in the image of Jesus Christ. In other words, his resurrected body is the template for ours. 
Jesus' resurrected body looked human, so we know that we're still going to look like ourselves. Yeah. We'll be wearing white robes. Uh, but Jesus' resurrected body also did other things. He ascended into heaven. Absolutely. So maybe we will be able to fly. He, he just would pop into to rooms. And yeah. I think he got his jollies out of scaring the apostles all the time. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll be able to travel like that where we don't have to worry about distances. We just are there. You know, there is just so much potential for what our glorified bodies can do. But as we read here in, in Revelation 22, these bodies make it possible for us to stand before God and see Him face to face. Our current bodies couldn't do it. They'd be burned up and they're so yeah. impure. Excellent point, Nathan. And you and I were talking a little bit earlier about going to the gym and trying to work on these old bodies, but the time will come <laughs> when no more sweat, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know. We're eating in heaven uh, here <laughs> from the tree of life. It's for the healing of the nations. Now, if we're in perfect bodies, why do we need healing? That's right. So that led some to believe that maybe our eternal bodies are only eternal because we go back to the throne of God once a month to get that food. In other words, we spend eternity dependent on God, as it should be, yes. for our eternal life, because He is the source of life. And so there's a question, are these glorified bodies uh, eternal on their own, or are they eternal because they're dependent on God? I think this verse tells us here that we're, because we're dependent on God. And that's good, because that brings us back to God each month, hey, that uh, yeah. make sure that we are, are understand where our source of life is, it keeps us humble, yes. and it keeps us from rebelling against God. Now, our glorified bodies are sinless, so we shouldn't want to rebel against God, but the angels rebelled against God, and they yeah. were sinless at one point. So this <laughs> this brings up all sorts of theological <laughs> questions that I don't think we, we could spend hours talking about. But you know, the, these hints that Revelation 22 gives us make us really wonder what our life is going to be like up there. That's right. You know, Nathan, and it's okay because I, 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 I always file everything that I don't understand underneath more information, right? And we'll pull, out, <laughs> we'll pull out those cards when we get more information because you're right. There in, in Revelation 22, uh, verse 2, it talks about the, the leaves and the trees were for the healing of the nation. So maybe there are certain things that we don't know yet, but when we are in heaven, it will be revealed to us. That it will. That it will. And uh, I think... God's been spending a lot of time answering questions. Right. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I have a ton of questions for him. He has a ton of answers. And yeah. you know what's great is, is that if God can create an infinite universe, then he has an infinite mind. Yes. And so we will spend eternity getting to know God better with no end. It'll yeah. be a constant learning about God, learning about his thoughts and, and how he thinks. And our own wisdom will grow. Our own knowledge will grow. Absolutely. I mean, a guy who has two or three PhDs, we think, is like the smartest guy on the planet. But, yeah. you know, after a few thousand years, each of us might be like 10 PhDs worth of information. It, and it'll just keep going. So we'll give Dr. David Hawking some competition and Dr. Reagan finally, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll still be probably 10 PhDs ahead of us, I'm sure. I know. But, Nathan, it's true. That's why I'm so excited, though, because, you know what, I'm so glad that I don't know everything. I am so glad that I will be depending on my Lord. Uh, through eternity just being thankful to be there and that opportunity is open still today right Nathan for whoever will receive Jesus said for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life and that opportunity is there for people to come to Christ and God will answer uh, whatever questions they might have and Nathan you and I we have children remember when our children were small and every Five minutes that we're asking you questions. Why is that, Dad? Why is that? You give him an answer. That's how we're going to be in heaven, right? With our Heavenly Father. 
Anthony Lebron, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, as well as tweetcasting.tv and our various networks. So we thank you for tuning in to the second segment of our program as we're looking at Revelation chapter 22, looking at heaven, the city of God. Our lines will be open. The local number is 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463, and 305-992-9537. We'd love for you to text in with your questions or your comments. And those of you watching us live via twitcasting.tv, also welcome you blogging there and posting your questions or your comments for Nathan or myself. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the study of heaven. Our gift is excited, we're anxious to be home with you one day. Pray, Lord, that you'll just open up our minds and hearts to understanding your word. Bless our conversations and all those who are listening. Your honor and glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. You're tuning into the Truth Who Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista and Nathan Joseph. We're looking at Revelation 22, talking about heaven, the city of God, and his mighty angels as they reveal to us the incredible things of heaven. And of course, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry, as well as Calvary Chapel Broward. And of course, you can find more information here on twave.tv by simply scrolling through the tabs and more information about these ministries. And we are still in need of prayer partners. If you would like to serve as a prayer partner, make sure that you get a hold of us and let us know that you would like to be added to the list of individuals that will be praying for our programs and also our special guests here as well. And before we continue, I am going to welcome Nathan Jones. For our second segment of our program, Nathan, it's great to have you still on with us. Great to be on, brother, and what an exciting topic, heaven. Yes, and we've had so much fun already on the first segment, and it went so fast, and that's why we're definitely going to pick it up and jump right into it. But before we do so, Nathan, again, just briefly, will you be able to share your contact information and also resources, how people can get a hold of your ministry? People can check us out at ChristandProphecy.org or landline.com, and there our website is filled with information about Bible prophecy to teach you God's prophetic word. Uh, if you check out our television show, Christ and Prophecy, you can find it with Dr. David Reagan, and you can also check out articles and e-newsletters and sign up for. Uh, we have blogs, social networks, you name it, brother, we've got it. We want you to get excited about Jesus coming soon. Woo, awesome. Thank you so much. And for those of you watching us live, you can see all that information in the back there, the website, wonderful updates, and just a lot of wonderful information and also you can see that handsome young man back there that's nathan jones so uh, it's exciting <laughs> exciting to put the face with the voice thank you nathan we always have fun here right nate that we do <laughs> nathan not as much fun as you and i were having talking about heaven i mean it was just amazing the things that you were opening up to us there will you be able to recap nate verses one through five for us just briefly maybe someone just tuned into the second segment of our program and maybe they missed out on the first segment well, our series is approaching revelation from the angels that serve God. And one of the seven bold angels, the bold being one of the seven last judgments of the 21 judgments of the tribulation, is giving John a look at what the eternal state like. So the Apostle John is getting a view of what the throne of God with the river of life flowing out of it, and it sees the tree of life, which produces a crop, one crop every uh, month for 12 months, and it's the throne of God is there and the people come to the throne to eat the fruit to worship and see God face to face and reign with him over the universe forever and ever. It's a beautiful picture of the restoration that God's been doing for thousands of years to get he and humanity back together again, just like they were in the Garden of Eden. Ooh, that is awesome. And Nathan, of course, we, we saw some really neat things there. There will be no more curse, 
the light of God will be able to see him face to face. It's going to be this incredible uh, a tree of life and also fruit that is going to be produced. Just a beautiful, beautiful picture. But it even gets better, Nathan, as we look at verse 6. And now, will you be able to take us to the next portions of those scriptures? Sure. Uh, the next section actually runs from verse 6 to 11. And it goes, Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the Holy Prophet sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But then he said to me, See that you don't do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He was unjust, let him be unjust still. He was filthy, let him be filthy still. He was righteous, let him be righteous still. He was holy, let him be holy still. What a wonderful passage, Nathan. I mean, we, we see just the opening here. And this is why Bible prophecy is so important. And also for the Holy Spirit to be able to reveal to us uh, the things of the Lord. But one of the things, Nathan, that you and I and Lamb and Lion Ministry, Dr. Reagan, have is that there's an urgency on Bible prophecy because we believe the Lord is coming very, very soon. And here that is pointed out to us, as you mentioned, in verses 6 and 7. Yeah, again, this, 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 these words are faithful and true. He, the angel, is telling him that the Lord God has sent his angel to show John what is to happen. So throughout, as we've been studying Revelation all these weeks, We've seen that God uses angels, his messengers, to send out his word, to show and give revelation to his people. And here John is, he's kind of closing it up, this is near the end, and John is seeing and hearing these things. And it's fantastic, his member, let's look at verse 7, says, Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Do you remember in Revelation 1, right. that we were told that there's a blessing to read the prophecy of this book? Absolutely. And that's why, Nathan, I really love that because there's certain blessings here, right? And uh, this is one of those all, uh, one of the only books that, that gives us blessings for those who read it, those who take it to heart, and those who listen to it. Right. Two times in Revelation it says, if you read the book of Revelation, you will be blessed. So I encourage, especially the pastors and the Bible teachers yes. out there, you know, don't give up on the book of Revelation. God promises two times that if you read this book, if you teach this book to your, your congregation, your Bible studies, then these people will be blessed by understanding. And I believe that blessing is tied very much into the first half of verse 7, which is Jesus' the declaration, Behold, I am coming quickly. In other words, knowing that Jesus Christ is coming soon is a blessing on those who know that information and make it a part of their lives. Mm. Nathan, that is awesome. And I love that because I see there again in verse 6, he talks about, these things are shortly going to take place. Again, he's coming quickly. And I know some people might say, Pastor Big Nathan, I've been hearing this for a long time. Yeah. Right? What would you say, Nate? <laughs> That's true. They've been saying at 2,000 years. And matter of fact, Peter even told us that in the end times, scoffers would come. Yeah. Saying that, uh, you know, we've been told all this and this, and he's never coming back. And it's true. It's been 2,000 years. And for us, man, that is... That's like an eternity for humanity. We don't live that long. But for God, a thousand years is like a day. So yes. for God, it's been only like about a few days or so. But for us, it's been generations and generations. So really, the term come quick, shortly or come quickly, isn't that that Jesus was coming quickly right after the first coming, but that when he does come, it'll be very quickly. 
Absolutely. And Nathan, and that's why we believe that the Bible says that it's going to happen. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses, uh, excuse me, 15, verses 51 and 9. It says it's going to happen in, in a moment, right? In a twinkle of an eye. Yeah, like a flash. You can snap, and that's how fast it is. So when Jesus does come, it'll be sudden, it'll be quick. Now at the end of the seven-year tribulation, when he comes with us, his saints, to defeat the Antichrist and the false prophet, that will be sudden surprising to them too. And there he is, you know, coming out of the sky. So in each time, when Jesus says he's coming back quickly, he is coming back very quickly. Yes. And Nathan, I believe throughout, uh, throughout different generations, the key should be, the people should be alert, they should be sober, they should be vigilant, right? Uh, like if he could come today. Exactly. You know, it's interesting, too, how every generation in the church has anticipated the Lord's return in their lifetime. Paul was absolutely sure of it back in the first century, the early church fathers in the second century. I've been reading a book about the writings of the Puritans in the 1600s, and they were sure that Jesus Christ was coming back. And every generation that's been sure that Jesus Christ has come back have been motivated towards holy living yes. and evangelism. And those generations that could care less about Jesus returning were apathetic, they started being introspective, and their churches started falling apart. So it's vital to the health of the church to be excited about Jesus Christ coming back. Nathan, and you know, that's been one of the things that I've always kept in the, in the back of my heart is uh, purity, because we really believe that if we are not uh, keeping this in our thoughts behind our, uh, our minds that the Lord can come at any moment, we will make poor choices sometimes. And also that will live in pure and holy. And I, that's why I believe so many individuals are being disqualified in ministry uh, because they are getting distracted, they're focused on the wrong things. And, and I really believe it's, it's much like uh, it's, it's told us in Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our, of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Nate, you and I, that's what keeps us going. It keeps us pure and motivated for the things of the Lord, right? Exactly. And what I love, that, especially the Calvary Chapel of Ventura, your church, you integrate a lot of Bible prophecy in your teaching, don't you? I sure do, Nathan. I try as much as I can because I just believe that there's such a lack of the teaching that we need to keep people alert and aware. I was a member of Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia for a number of years. Uh, Joe Koch is a pastor. And he went, like all Calvary Chapels, verse by verse through the Bible. What I loved about it is that he always intertwined the hope of Jesus Christ returning and the message of Bible prophecy and everything. I mean, you can find it integrated even, <laughs> on, even in sermons, you know, about marriage or daily living or something. You know, he applied that in the church was always hopeful, always yes. expecting, and always growing. And I believe that the churches today are really hurting because they're not obeying what Revelation 22 tells us. That yes. we are to be looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ, that we will be blessed by having that knowledge. You know, Nathan, and also we give thanks to our senior pastor, Pastor Chuck Smith. He passed a few years ago, but in his messages, he was always encouraging uh, the message of Bible prophecy and likewise, you know keeping people alert and aware. And I believe it's kind of sad that uh, many others of the Calvary Chapel haven't really taken and responded to teaching Bible prophecy. And that's why in our hearts, we, we started the uh, Calvary Chapel Bible Prophecy School of Ministry. And it's just to, again, excite other Calvary Chapels and pastors. Man, let's dig in and see the hope 
uh, that is there and the great example that was left for us uh, by Pastor Chuck Smith, you know? Excellent. And I think it's a great precedent to see the Calvary Chapel movement was 40 years or so now grow and just flourish where other denominations are falling apart. Yeah. It's a clear testimony to the fact that we need to have the excitement of Jesus Christ returning Amen. to invigorate our churches and to motivate the congregations to live holy lives. And you know, Nathan, actually, I, I believe Dr. Reagan is in California right now doing a Bible prophecy. One of the Calvary chapels there, I think, is Chino Hill. And, and that's exciting, too. The Lamb and Lion just is there to encourage also all these ministries. Uh, he was, yeah, he's up in Detroit now filming with the Jack Van Impey show since uh, Jack Van Impey is uh, doing well health-wise, so they're getting oh. a different Bible prophecy teacher. So he interesting enough, but yes, Dr. Rating was in Chino Hills not too long ago. And uh, yeah, I think that's another Calvary Chapel that's very strong in God's prophetic word, and his people are excited about Jesus, they're excited about evangelism, and they're growing. So this, all this nonsense we hear from people who could care less about Bible prophecy that those who study Bible prophecy are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. You hear it all the time. You're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And that's nonsense. Not pure yet. nonsense. When you know Bible prophecy, when you study God's word, yes. it gets you excited. And Jesus promised to come back. We are excited to get the gospel out. And the churches that embrace Revelation 22-7 are the churches that grow. Absolutely. And Nathan, I, I'm so excited because you also make your way to various churches, some Calvary chapels as well in Texas. And, and that's the, it's a message of encouragement, letting people know, hey, we need to understand this. So we're going to miss out on these wonderful blessings. So Nathan, that's what you're telling us there in Revelation 22, verses 6 and 7, the, the blessing there, right? Uh, for there those, is a blessing. Yeah. For those that keep the words and the words of the prophecy uh, of this book. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I'll be in the Calvary Chapel next month sharing this very message on, on heaven. Oh, and right. It's, it, it's to get the, the people excited about what's to come. And uh, I, I think it, it's neat. It, it was so overwhelming for the Apostle John that he fell down and started <laughs> worshiping at the feet of the angel. Now, I, I love this, is that immediately you see the angel probably had this stricken look on his face. He kind of backed up, right. you know, knowing this was Satan's trap. They said, don't do that. I'm your fellow servant. I'm just like you. And it's very important, as we've been going through the study of the angels of Revelation, that we understand that angels aren't something to be worshipped. Yes. There are people out there who have taken angels to the extreme. Great point. They worship them. Of course, uh, idolatry is the worship of demons, so that's the worship right. of angels as well. And there's people who believe in worshipping good angels, uh, which we know the heavenly angels, but the angels themselves don't want the worship. They, don't, they, they know that the worship is for God and God alone. Nathan, you know, that's a very good point. I mean, I grew up in a religion, I grew up Catholic, and uh, not to knock anybody out that is Catholic, but that was the case. I mean, we worshiped everything, right? The, the Mary and the angels, and we would light candles. And here, when I came to this scripture, it really gave me a realization, wait a minute, we're not to do that. And I believe, Nathan, there's so many people that are confused, right? Somehow they think that uh, angels can do a better job than Jesus, right? <laughs> and, and, and here, I really love this because this angel spoke forth and said, Hey, John, don't do this. I mean, as a matter of fact, we're going to be serving you guys and we're serving you. You know, that's a great point, Nathan. Yeah, I feel like going to the White House and the tour guide giving you a, a guide of the, the White House and you see the president and all of a sudden you fall down and, and start shaking and thanking the tour guide's hand and appreciating them for all they did. And they're like... Hey, I'm just a tour guide. There's the president. You should be shaking his hand, you know? Excellent and, point. And that's what John's doing. John is just so overwhelmed. 
his first impulse is, well, i got to start worshiping. And Dana's like, no, 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 not me. And we need to very, be very careful in our lives that we don't fall into that trap. Obviously, yeah. John was doing it for the right reason. He wasn't doing it to, to disobey God, but he was, he was just so overwhelmed that he wanted to show worship and thanksgiving. And we need to make sure that we direct that worship and thanksgiving, yes. not to anything idolatrous, even if something as good as angels, yeah. but on God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit alone. Nathan, that's a good point. I use this also for evangelism in the different religions that they are into worshiping angels and all sorts of things. And I try to explain to them, listen, this is what the Bible says. We need to worship God only. Jesus Christ is the one that died for us, not angels. And therefore, we're only going to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well said. You know, Nathan, I also uh, notice here, this is just a, such a wonderful portion of Scripture that uh, really opens up our eyes to, to a, a lot of things. And we notice, again, the angel says, I'm a fellow servant. And at the end of the day, Nathan, we're called to serve each other. We're called to serve the Lord. We're not in competition. We're not to put men or anybody on a pedestal, right? And that's another thing that happens oftentimes is that we take our eyes off the Lord and we put it on other things. And it's almost the same thing that the Antichrist is going to do where they're going to set up an image, right, to this beast. And the whole world is to worship this image. Yeah, we read that back in Revelation 13 that the worship of the people who follow Satan are following an image of the Antichrist. Like Nebuchadnezzar had a statue, the Antichrist will have a, a statue of some sort of a living image, so it could be a holographic or robotic or recording or something. But the world worships the wrong thing. Yes. They end up taking his mark, which is a loyalty mark on the right hand or on the, their forehead, and they're the ones that are consigned to the to the flames of hell forever. Now, how different is that when we read here in Revelation 22 that those who stand before God, who love God, will have the seal of God, His name on their forehead. So, now, I don't know what that name is. It won't be God or Jesus. It will be whatever that language is. And we know that Jesus will have a new name in the eternal state. We won't call Him Jesus. And so, whatever that name is, they'll be marked on our forehead, meaning that we are sealed by God. We are Absolutely. His bought by the price of his own son's blood. Woo, I love that. Nathan, verse 10, can you talk to us a little bit about that here? We see again this, that he's told not to seal uh, the words of this prophecy in, in the book, for, for the time is at hand. So what, what are we looking at, verse 10? Well, I think that's a good contrast. If you go back to Daniel, yes. and Daniel was giving these prophecies very similar. Daniel is kind of the revelation of the Old Testament. And at the time, Daniel didn't understand them, and he wasn't sure about them, most of it, actually. Right. And the angel that brought him the message said, seal this up, for the time is not at hand. In other words, you're not going to understand it, so seal this up. Well, here we get to John's time, you know, roughly uh, 800, excuse me, uh, about 600 years or so later. And 600 years later, now the angel telling John, do not seal the words of his prophets. In other words, mm -hmm. the time is at hand, the church age, a time where we are in the final stage of human history until yeah. Jesus comes back. And uh, so the time is at hand for us to understand these words. And again, I think it's another call to pastors and Bible teachers yes. and all, and those individuals who read the Bible but ignore revelation. Mm -hmm. Here, God himself is saying, oh, well, the angel, God's message to the angel saying, do not seal the words of right. prophecies. It's important that we understand and know this. Nathan, that is an excellent point. So here we got God's mighty angels again saying, hey, this is something. And of course, and that is the theme. Revelation means the unveiling, right, Nathan? The opening up and bringing forth. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the, 
perfect example that we're unveiling what has been veiled in the past. What, what uh, Daniel couldn't know at the time, we can know now. Now, yeah. is the picture perfect? Do we have all the details? No, no not at all. <laughs> not nearly to the level I think you and I want it to be. Right. But we have enough to know what to expect and to put our faith and trust in Jesus. And I believe, yes. brother, that anyone who studies this will have the same joy, the same hope, the same faith strengthened by reading this. You know, Nathan, what an excellent point. And I mean, I don't, I don't, I cannot grasp even a more simpler term to encourage people to read this book. I mean, it tells you you're going to have a blessing, right? It says don't seal it up. It says don't be afraid of it. So, I mean, what else can, can, can the Lord do to let people get into this book and know that they will be able to understand it? Perfect. I mean, absolutely perfect. They, they need to read it. They need to understand. Now, is it confusing? Oh, yes. I mean, you and I have been going over this for weeks. <laughs> there are some parts where we were both scratching our heads and saying, I don't know. Right. But there are other parts that if you study the Bible, you can find the meaning for things and understand what's going on. We get at least a big picture. We might not get all the details, but we have the big picture of what's going to happen. And as, like you said, we are blessed for studying the unveiling of God's Word. God wants us to understand it. Yeah. Who, is that? Who are we to say, I'm not going to read this. I'm not going right. to understand it. When it's almost a command by God that we must study it. Absolutely. And that's why, Nathan, it is very important for pastors not to shy away and leaders. And sometimes we, we listen more to the wrong voices when it comes to Bible prophecy. We get intimidated. Some people say, oh, what a waste of time. Uh, why are you spending time in that book? And, well, because the Lord commands us to do it. And we want to be obedient. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. And Nathan, of course, we also notice there, again, so verse 11, uh, he says, He who is unjust, let him uh, still be unjust. And he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, uh, let him be uh, holy still. So there's a, a, a few messages there for the audience. Yeah, and, and it can be at first confusing. You think, wait, is God commanding me to be evil? <laughs> and it's not. And no. it's, again, it's tied to verse 10. For the time is at hand. In other yes. words, the fulfillment of this is going to happen. So there are going to be people who are living unjustly, who are going to be living filthy, evil lives, yeah. and then there are going to be people living righteous lives and who want to be holy. In other words, life goes on. Yeah. And when this all happens, life will be going on. We've read that people will be given marriage into and given into marriage and be given yes. into marriage. There'll be uh, trading, life will go on like anything else. Mm -hmm. But there will be a time where these prophecies that we read in Revelation will come true, they'll come quickly upon the world, and the world will be living life like normal, but for those who are righteous, for those who are holy, yeah. we will know what to expect because we've already read it ahead of time. Excellent point. And Nathan, and that's why anyone that is tuned in right now, those of you that are that maybe just tuned in, those of you that are watching, those of you that are listening, I mean, for many, life is going to go on. But just like the flood of Noah came, right, Nathan, we see that also there needs to be those that need to be prepared, those that need to listen. Because for many, it will take them by surprise. But for those of you that are tuned in right now, I believe God is speaking to you and giving you an opportunity to do something about this now while there's still time. And of course, Nathan, I know we only have a few minutes left of the second segment of our program, but would you be able to maybe speak to that man, that woman, that young person that is watching right now? They don't have a relationship with the Lord, and they happen to be tuning in via maybe the web or a mobile device, but they don't have a relationship with the Lord. How would they be able, Nathan, to start that relationship? Well, understand that the relationship is based 
on God loving you so much that yes. he was willing to send his own son, his perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die a torturous death on the cross so that the punishment from your sin fell on his own son. And then by Jesus being resurrected and coming back to life, he beat death, and in that victory, we can have victory as well. Now what we need to do is then put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior. We need to repent of our sins. We need to pray from our hearts. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promised to do just that. Your sins will be forgiven, the guilt will be gone, and you will have a new life and an eternal hope in Him. You just need to reach out and take that free gift. Mm, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. Again, for those of you that are watching and listening, hey, maybe you just trusted in the Lord. We'd love to hear from you. Our lines will remain open. 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. God loves you, and there's still hope uh, regardless of what's happening around you. God has allowed you to be listening or watching this program because he has a perfect plan for your life, and it's in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So thank you, Nathan, for sharing uh, those words of hope. And of course, Nathan, I know, like I said, that we are running out of time, but maybe you can take us, Nathan, through the, the just a few other verses there, because I just noticed, again, we're talking about blessing, and I just keep seeing that in, in the book of Revelation there. Well, it starts off verse 12, with again saying, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. So here we got Jesus with the final message. If you have one of those Bibles, this, this whole text should be in red. That's this right. Jesus <laughs> talking, and not the angels, but Jesus. And again, just like we read earlier, that Jesus Christ in verse 7, that behold, I am coming quickly. Jesus says again, behold, I am coming quickly. Or he even says it again later in this chapter. Behold, verse 20, surely I am coming quickly. So three times that Jesus says, I am coming quickly. In other words, we have this bona fide promise of God that he is coming back. Man, the world has changed. Nathan, and if, it, and if that wasn't enough, he almost puts a stamp or seal so that people will know that it is him speaking. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Of, in other words, there's no mistake about who is saying this. Not only is it in red, right, Nathan, but it's like bold right there. <laughs> yeah, it, it should be like in all caps. <laughs> we got the Alpha and Omega, which is the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. In other words, he is the beginning and the end. He's the first of existence, and he is the last. In other words, he's eternal. So, yeah, right. This is God's stamp. This is I am. You know I am God because this is what I am. And that's why I really love that. And it sort of just brings us back to Revelation chapter 1 again, uh, where he keeps saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In other words, he's got us covered, right, Nathan? From beginning to end, he knows everything about us, and he's right there with us. And he even starts, I am. And remember when Moses was the burning bush? Yes. He said, who shall I say that you are? And God said, I am. In other words, he doesn't even need a name. He is, he is Yahweh. He is I am. I am. I just exist, therefore, you know, what more do you need to know? Here he is again, I am. Nathan, and that's a word, Jesus says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. He says, Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, 18 and on. And I believe, Nathan, that is, that is the word of encouragement that we want to lead people with, that they're not alone, that God is with them, and God loves them, and he has a plan for their lives, right? Amen, brother, that is so true. He gave his own life to make that happen. 
Amen. And you know, Nathan, of course, we've come to the end of the second segment of our program. But you know, we just want people that are watching and that are listening that Nathan Jones and Vic Batista will be back. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> See, we thought we were going to finish today, Nathan, but it just gives us an opportunity to continue to encourage our audience right for the next time. Yeah, I apparently thought we finished Revelation 22. There is too much meat in this it's way too much. But Nathan, I want to thank you again for being part of the first and second segment of our program. It's always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. I hope you have a great week. You too, brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Nathan. And for those of you that are watching us and listening, again, you're tuning into the Truth Will Set Me Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, we've run out of time. But I want to thank you all for tuning in. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. Remember, Jesus is coming quickly. He's coming very soon. And he's coming for you. So keep your eyes on him. Trust him. And he's got wonderful things in store for you. Have a great week. May the Lord bless you.